Here's what's coming up on today's show. When something happens, it's at least worth sitting down with someone who's an expert to kind of walk through this just to make sure there's not an opportunity on the table or a risk there for you that you're not aware of. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Welcome in to Complete Estate Planning. He is Nick Rosenbauer, estate planning attorney and the owner of the Rosenbauer Law Office. And I'm Ben George. We're going to talk about show me the money. Well, maybe later on, Nick. Maybe not right away, right? So we want to talk about the advantages to leaving your inheritance in a trust. We've talked on the differences between a will and a trust uh, in past episodes, which I encourage you to go back through. But today we're focused on why many people lean into the trust, right, Nick? Because it gives you more control. Yeah, it, it, exactly right. And and there's, you know, again, this is all, and let me put this out as a disclaimer, this is all uh, state specific, and this is all specific to how the trust is set up. But uh, the trust kind of provides, or they can provide, you know, a layer of protection, not only for the people making the trust, but that protection can sometimes extend to the family and the people who receive the inheritance after the fact, okay? So think of it like, um, you know, you build a nice fancy garage to keep your cars protected from the rain, um, you know, and hail and things like that. You know, there are certain situations where when mom and dad die and you inherit the car, so to speak, you may have an opportunity to keep it in the garage, get the same level of protection. So again, all state specific. So that's kind of the little legal disclaimer here. Uh, But there are opportunities there that people are not always aware of. So we're going to point those out today. Again, if you want to sit down and see if a trust makes sense for you, you can begin with CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. Or if you just have questions about what we discussed today or any of your own questions about your estate, uh, your legacy, what you hope to accomplish, you can always begin with visiting CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. There are great resources there that might answer your questions, but also there is an opportunity there to schedule a call with Nick. There's a big orange button on the website. Click that and it'll start that process. So everything else good, Nick, with you? Yeah, we're um, we're getting in and I, and I don't know if I, I mentioned this previously, but you are talking to the, the head coach of the most dominant under four-year-old uh, soccer team in uh, in Monroe uh, in in the Monroe uh, Youth uh, Soccer Association. Away, oh, well, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, now, and we're two and one, even though we don't keep score, but we're two and one. Um, <laughs> and the only game that we lost, frankly, was a game that I was not able uh, to coach. So I mm. would say I'm undefeated. You know, when I got the headset. Yeah. You know, with the with the little guys, right? Um, but uh I'm learning and it's and it's just it's three year old kids and they play three on three on the field with no goalie. And you know, goal number one is have nobody cry um throughout the game. And I have not always been able to meet that goal. Hmm. Um, although we did last game, uh, which I was really, really excited about. Um, I'm actually just surprised that the kids don't cry and kind of flip out, 
when the other team takes the ball from them because, you know, everyone teaches you share, share, you know, yeah. pass to your friends. And then the other team takes the ball and then you say, go take it from them. It's like, what? They don't, that doesn't compute for them. Um, but we're, uh, we're doing pretty good. I, I would say we have a ringer on the team it's, and it's not my son. We have one kid who's older and um, like, I think he's at the old end of the, of the range and he played last year. So he gets it. Okay, so unlike everyone else, he knows to just go get the ball and then go score. And he knows score in their goal, not in ours, which we, there's plenty of own goals in three-year-old soccer. Uh, and if you haven't done that yet, Ben, your time's coming. But, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> but, I, uh, but we're getting there. You know, the worst part about it is, and it's not ripping on the kid, but because he's older. And you know how like someone who's six months older – at this age, it's just like so much bigger and faster because they grow so quickly. Yeah. He like ends up taking the ball from like his own teammates because like we're running down with the ball and he's just faster. So he just <laughs> he gets to the ball first. Um, he's stolen the ball as much from his own teammates as he had <laughs> from the other team. Um, but um, yeah, no, we're having fun. We're pretty much smoking, uh, smoking the other teams and... You know, I don't know. I don't count the loss, okay? Because I wasn't, I wasn't there to coach it and all that. You know, high level strategy that I obviously don't provide for three year olds. That's uh, that was the only reason. Uh, that was the only reason that we lost. Um, but we have, uh, we got practice tomorrow, and we have a couple more, a uh, couple more games coming up. And if I can get through the whole season without anyone quitting, big win. Uh, huh? I, that's that's coaching Hall of Fame right there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I know you'd mentioned it a couple episodes ago uh, about that. So I'm glad you got us an update and I'm glad things are going well. Uh, and I'm sure you'll finish out the season on a high note, but it's always fun. I'm sure it's going to be something you'll remember probably for a while. Well, and the kids are having fun. And honestly, I have to give credit. None of the parents uh, of my kids are unreasonable. Like you hear the stories yeah. about, you know, no one is yelling at me about playing time or why aren't you doing this or why aren't you being more serious about it? You know, which is good because my attitude is, and look, I played college ball for four years. So, you know, I mean, it was division three, you know, and I mostly rode the bench until my senior year, but I, you know, I, I played four years of college soccer, but no one is going to be making the U S national team uh, because of what they did or didn't do in, in right. three-year-old, uh, you know, Monroe Candy League soccer. Uh, the only thing is, um, you know, if they don't like it, then they won't play next year. So yeah. if so, if they don't have fun and they don't come back and play next year, I, I can screw it up. You know, I can't, you know, save their their professional soccer career. So... So they have fun, you know, we have fun and I have to give the, I have to give the parents credit. None of them are, you know, yelling at me. Why aren't we putting on the gas or, or something like that? Or why I'm not making the kids do push-ups, you know, yeah. or something <laughs> stupid. Uh, and they're not yelling at the refs um, well, as well, which that's is awesome. good yeah. because that, that crap happens. Oh um, yeah. A lot. <laughs> Way too young. <laughs> Let's just say that. But uh, no question. No. So we're we're doing good. Um, and and it's all the the strategy of uh, the coaching staff, right? All the film we watch. Always. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the hours you're putting in, off the field, no doubt. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of hours you put in all, uh, off the field, you're doing a lot of that uh, in the office with your business. And, you know, a lot of the, what you're doing is talking to people about trust and the benefit of trust and whether or not they should consider a trust versus a will. Uh, so today we're talking about that a little bit and the advantages to leaving your inheritance in a trust because, you know, when you pass pass away and you and, and your inheritance is set to be received by someone, it's very easy to just take that money and, and spend it all. We hear stories all the time about, you know, especially younger people, right? They get, they get a, a big inheritance and it's gone within a year or two. Um, and that's not your intention when you leave the money, right? So we want to make sure that you protect what you built and, and you make sure that it's used, you know, in a way that you hoped it is received. So let's talk about this today a little bit, Nick, and, and dive into this. Uh, where should we start? Well, what we're looking at, just to kind of put this in context, is protecting an inheritance from, you know, risks or problems of the person who is inheriting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's put this in the context that I have died and now money's being passed to the kids. And we're talking about problems that the kids have that may put the money that I gave to them in jeopardy. And kind of the the option, you know, basically the options here uh, of what can or cannot be done to potentially provide protection for the kids, even though the plan was set up for me. Um, but it can provide protections even after I'm gone. Uh, so the first would be, you know, like a divorce or dissolution uh, of a beneficiary, either something going on right now or something later. So if a beneficiary is getting, you know, is ending their marriage, then, you know, if you're unlucky, the inheritance could end up, you know, being put in the middle of the table, so to speak, when they say, what is, uh, what are your assets so we can split them in half? Okay. So, so imagine, you know, your child, you know, gets an inheritance from you and, and the check comes in, made out to her. She deposits it in the checking account. And then a month later, her good for nothing spouse says, I'm filing for divorce. I've been cheating on you for three years. Imagine where that can go. Okay. Yeah. You'd be rolling in your grave. Um, and, you know, this can also happen down the road if, let's say, you know, there's no marriage problems right now, but your child gets a big inheritance, you know, puts it in the account, and then maybe five years later, you know, finds out that spouse is good for nothing. Um, and then, you know, it could still end up happening. So what you can do, and again, this is way, 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 way oversimplified. But what you can do is is theoretically leave the money in trust. So think about keeping the car in the garage as opposed to just having a check made out to your daughter that, you know, and Ben, if you got a check today for $100,000 as an inheritance, where would you put it? Probably uh, in the joint checking account, right? Yeah, Brian's savings account. Yeah, uh, with probably you and uh, your spouse's name on it, most likely, yep, right? Correct. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, leaving the money in trust or in the garage shields that to where, you know, if there was a divorce or something like that, either now or in the future, then the money's not, you know, kind of up for grabs and and don't necessarily, you know, commingled and everything like that. So it doesn't necessarily get split in half. Okay. So if you keep it in the garage, um, you know, provide some protection um, if something were to happen to you either right after receiving it or even down the road. Okay. Makes sense. 
Uh, the next one you have here too is obviously the, the worry about creditors or lawsuits coming, just that money being at risk from someone else getting their hands on it. Well, yeah, absolutely. So let's go with the same uh, type of scenario, but instead of your daughter about to get divorced, uh, let's say you know she has creditor problems. Let's say she's defaulted on her student loans. Um, let's say she's got outstanding medical bills. Let's say she got in a car crash and was you know was determined that she was at fault um, and she owes money to someone. So instead of that hundred thousand dollars being at risk for a, a spouse, you know, maybe they say, hey, I don't have all the money to pay you off uh, or I'm declaring bankruptcy, right? Mm -hmm. Well, all of a sudden, here comes all this money. So that changes things. Now I can pay you off. It's not my own money. It's money I got from my parents, but it becomes mine. So, you know, all of a sudden, this could cause the beneficiary to have to turn the money over and turn over their inheritance to you know, the student loan company or someone they owe money to, or, you know, it would be like a bankruptcy trustee uh, is who manages the bankruptcy and decides how much you pay and, and who gets the money. Okay. So, so the money couldn't never even get to your family for benefit. It would just go right out the door to, um, you know, the, uh, the personal injury attorney who sued them, so to speak. So again, kind of going back to what we talked about before, with certain restrictions, and again, you know, there has to be certain language in the trust. Um, it can a lot of times shield it from creditors uh, or you know judgments against the beneficiary, uh, and prohibit them from being you know prohibit other people or other companies you know from reaching into your daughter's pocket and taking out that inheritance uh, that you gave her. Okay, and there's ways you can basically prohibit it from being turned over to someone other than, you know, just being turned over to your daughter. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that, that sort of thing happens. It's always at the worst time. You know, someone always owes back taxes. They always have IRS problems right when they're about to get some money. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, that never happens, you know, only when they don't have, you know, two nickels to rub together. All of a sudden, money comes in and of course it goes right back out. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's something that frankly ends up even worse because at least with the divorce, normally you get to keep some of it, but in this case you keep none of it. Hmm. Yeah. That's an important one to kind of keep in mind. Uh, you'd hate to see, I know you won't be able to see it. <laughs> you won't be around to see it, but you know, you'd hate to think about losing money that way. Uh, so a good one to be keeping in mind. Um, one that I hadn't really thought about, but I think this is a great one. That I know that you're going to Kind of break down for us, but you're passing along an inheritance to a beneficiary that might have a disability. Yeah, great one to bring up here. So, um, someone who has a disability, and typically, and what I'm referring to mostly here is if they are applying for Social Security uh, disability benefits. Some, not all, but a lot of the Social Security disability, um, you know, depending on which program they apply for, there are restrictions on how much income and then how much money or assets you can have and still be eligible for the social security disability. So, you know, they say in order to get the monthly payment and the medical insurance and then, you know, housing um, and things like that, if necessary, um, some of them have income and net worth thresholds. 
uh, there's times where you know receiving an inheritance from mom or dad or grandma and grandpa without any protections would actually have them get kicked off of all their disability benefits. You know, Ben, so you giving them inheritance actually makes them lose their health insurance, their monthly payment, and possibly their housing. So giving them an inheritance, you could actually put them in a worse off spot than if you would have done nothing at all. So, you know, and, and I think I've talked a little bit about a special needs trust on, on a couple past episodes. I know, I know we don't go over it a whole lot, um, but you can set up certain types of protections, you know, within the plan and allow the money to be earmarked or set aside uh, for the disabled person, but in such a way to where they are still eligible for their benefits uh, from Social Security disability. So it basically allows you to have your cake and eat it too. So you can leave an inheritance for someone who's disabled without, you know, I guess doing more harm than good uh, by kicking them off of all of their disability benefits. Yeah. Hope it doesn't happen, but you know, you, you never think it'll happen to you uh, or your family, right? But you mm-hmm. know, things like that, things like that happen more often than you might realize. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one we have here to discuss is the death of a beneficiary, right? Something to consider here. If you had this money to pass off, what happens if your beneficiary dies? Well, um, think about it like a, and I want to be careful using this analogy, but it's almost like a like a partial estate plan or a partial inheritance plan for them. So, you know, if your daughter dies, what happens to her money that she inherited from you? You know, what does her estate plan say? Does she even have her own estate plan? Okay. I mean, the majority of people don't. You know, so if a beneficiary passes away, you know, let's say you they get an inheritance, $100,000, you know, from Ben's trust. And then, you know, she gets the check, puts it in her checking account, and then she dies. Who knows what's going to happen with that money? It could be probated. It could be a mess. It could go to her estate. And here's another one, Ben. I, it could end up in the wrong hands. You know, let's say you wanted, hey, if something happens to my daughter and she doesn't get the money, I want it to go to her three kids. Okay, I want to go to the grandkids. Maybe you don't like your son-in-law, right? Maybe maybe your daughter's awesome, but your son-in-law is a total loser. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> however, you know, one of the things that we talked about on a previous episode, if she has nothing, the default may say, you know, everything goes to my spouse. What if it's a joint checking account with him and her on it? Okay, so your money, you're totally out of control. However, if you leave money in trust, the trust maker, so this would be you, you would have the ability to say what happens to the money if your daughter is gone and maybe she dies before you or she outlives you but then doesn't receive all the money. So if there's money uh, still there. So to go back to the garage analogy, you can still control, say, if she gets the car, but it's still in the garage, if she's gone, you can say, here's what happens with it. So you can specifically say, I want to make sure that if one of my children passes away, their money gets earmarked for the grandkids. It does not go to my in-law. It doesn't go to someone else. It doesn't go to the estate uh, or is up for grabs. Okay. Now, this is, you know, Ben, this is not a substitute. Okay, for, you know, 
children, you know, or beneficiaries doing their own estate plan. It's always a good idea for them to do that, but it at least allows you, the per, you know, the the trust maker, to say, if I can't give this money to whom I want to give it to, here is who is the backup recipient of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that does not mean they don't have to worry about it. Um, but this at least allows you to put the what if provisions in for your own money that you're leaving to someone else. Okay. So some all really good things that everybody should be thinking about here uh, as it regards to a trust and why you want to have that control. But you also have a little bonus one in here for those families that have high, a high net worth. Well, exactly. So, so Ben, actually, people may not know this, but uh, that <laughs> you know, $500 million jackpot that happened a little while ago. Uh, ben secretly won that. Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> oh, um, I wish, I wish. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be working anymore, would you? Um, <laughs> I'd be on the beach hosting this podcast. I say you you would not be working with me. Um, <laughs> you, I, I'd be the first. Uh, I'd be the first person you drop. Um, but anyway, so if someone has uh, an estate or a death tax issue, which you know typically means having a very high a net worth of their own, or if they're receiving a large inheritance that may put them uh, to that place, um, you know, then getting the inheritance might be subject to extra tax at their death. So let's say you have high net worth, you pass away, your estate is subject to an estate tax or an inheritance tax, and then the money goes to the kids, and if they don't spend it all, when they die, they have too much money, so your money gets taxed again. You know, it got taxed when you die, and then it gets taxed again when they die. Um, so the IRS just keeps coming back for more. Um, so, and again, this is getting into the tax section. I can just hear everyone, like, unsubscribing and logging off. You know, right now, we were rolling through this show, and now everyone's just, you know, turning their uh, podcast thing off right now. <laughs> but theoretically, in certain situations... People can leave money in trust or, and there's a technical phrase here, one option is called disclaiming it, if allowed. And again, a lot of this needs to be within the trust parameters, um, can allow certain assets to bypass and maybe go to the next generation uh, or maybe get some favorable tax treatment if that applies. Again, that that's not something that applies to most families right now, um, but... You know, for people like Ben, who's worth $500 million, um, you know, it's something to be considered about. And then also, you know, this is political. So you never know when, you know, the red or the blue side of the aisle is going to want to adjust this and make this either prevalent for more families or prevalent for less families. So it's, you know, when something happens, it's at least worth sitting down with someone who's an expert to kind of walk through this just to make sure there's not an opportunity on the table or a risk there for you that you're not aware of. And, yeah. you know, and speaking of that, I, I know I mentioned this briefly, but, you know, kind of the, the legalese disclaimer here, these are mostly, not everything, but almost all of this is is based on state law. Okay, laws in Ohio and Kentucky and North Dakota and California, they're all different, okay, um, on how inherited assets and trusts are treated with respect to uh, divorce, a lawsuit, a bankruptcy, disability, etc. Um, you know, extra layers of protection are almost always a good thing across the board. I'm never saying they're not. Um, some of these are only available, you know, when 
you know, the estate plan does not require outright distribution. What I mean by that is the estate plan doesn't say, when we die, write your daughter a check. Okay, a lot of times once the once the car is out of the garage, it is at risk of getting rained on. Okay, mm-hmm. if it stays in the garage, it's safe. Um, so not all of the not all trusts and not all plans at all uh, allow money to be sheltered or kept in the garage. Um, so again, you want to make sure you check with an expert um, both when setting this up for yourself to kind of make sure that you know the kids have the ability to keep the car in the garage, and then also if you're a beneficiary. And I don't know if I've gone over this a whole lot, Ben. If you're a beneficiary uh, of a parent or grandparent or someone like that, um, and they've passed away, and you're receiving an inheritance, it's probably worth uh, your time and you know whatever money they charge to sit down with an expert to understand what you're receiving, how you're receiving it, and what your options are. You know, basically, is it something that hey, just you know, it's going to be delivered to your. Uh, uh, to your, you know, to the sidewalk uh, in front of your house, or do you have an option to keep it in the garage? So even when you're receiving an inheritance, if you sit down with an attorney and they they charge you, you know, a few hundred dollars or whatever it is, um, it's probably worth your time as a beneficiary to understand, um, you know, what you can and can't do uh, when receiving it. I, I think that'd be that'd be time well spent. Very good. That is important. I know it's legalese, but it is important to, to note that for for anyone listening. We have listeners that, that aren't just in Ohio, Nick. I know we've had a lot of people from all over the country that not only have listened, but have reached out to you as well. So important to note that. You know, a lot of what we talk about is, is obviously focused on Ohio, but I know people listening from all over, something to consider um, within your estate plan. So I'm glad you pointed that out. All right, let's close it out, Nick. On that note, great conversation and always uh, important to to talk about a trust and all the benefits of it. But these are some situations in which you you know you might want to have more control so that inheritance doesn't get uh, go in a, to a place where you'd prefer it not to. But again, uh, that's one of the benefits. But if you want to explore whether or not it works for you, whether or not that's your best option, you can always begin with CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. That is a website to get in touch with Nick over at the Rosenbauer Law Office. And again, the phone number. Once again, 513-463-6789. All right, Nick, we will close it out. Uh, good luck with the soccer as you uh, continue to roll through the competition there. In, uh, in Mon- is it Monroe County? Is that where you're at? Uh, it's Monroe? a city of Mon- Monroe? City of Monroe actually okay. has their own um, city league. Okay. Um, so we are U4, which is under four. And we are known as the Candy Division. So the Monroe Soccer Association U4 Candy Division, uh, they're they're in trouble. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Well, good luck the rest of the way, and uh, we'll catch up in a couple weeks. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com.
This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.